Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Syracuse lacrosse rounding into shape and Syracuse basketball's coaching staff rounding out. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today, Syracuse.com's John Metis. John, thank you so much for coming on the program. Thanks for having me, Wes. And, John, we will get you started on this one. Number one, Syracuse, with a 15-8 win over Cornell on Tuesday night, their seventh win in a row. Ten unanswered goals for Syracuse in the win. It seems like the Orange is in midseason form right now. Yeah, I think Syracuse kind of really needed a game like that. They've had all those one-goal games this year. You know, A week ago they pulled away from Hobart late, but you know, that was a two-goal game in the third quarter. I think this was the first really all-around dominant win that the Orange has had since. Uh, the season opener against Siena, the defense has really come into shape since the beginning of the season. I think my MVP of the team right now might be Scott Furman, who's a defender. He transits his first year at close defense after playing long stick midfielder for three years. Um, but, you know, the close games have really brought this Syracuse team into, you know, together. They've they've kind of gotten through the brunt of their schedule, the tough three-game stretch with uh, – Notre Dame, Johns Hopkins, and Duke. So, you know, they've got the ACC tournament coming up in about two weeks, I think. So, you know, they're kind of really hitting their stride right now. Now, let's talk about those one-goal games because they were involved in seven straight one-goal games, winning six of them. Do you feel like there's going to be a regression to the mean at some point? They can't keep winning one-goal games like this, right? You know, you would think that, but... What I see from all these games is that SU has the tools to win tight games. They have Ben Williams, who is you know one of the best face-off men in the country, even though he's having kind of a down year this year. Um, and he has the ability to get that key face-off that you need in overtime or that last face-off of regulation. Um, and that's always very important. You can't score if you don't have the ball. Um, and then when they do lose the face-off, you saw it against Notre Dame, who was ranked number one at the time. The defense can get a stop. You know, Evan Malloy made a save, and then Marcus Cunningham knocked the ball away. 
Um, and SU has those clutch scores. They have Sergio Salcido. They have Nick Mariano. They have Brendan Bomberry. So they're not just sticking to one guy when they need a goal late in the game. Um, and, you know, they've done it so many times before. I think the consensus on the team is the guys are kind of like, you know, we kind of assume we're still going to win it even if it's a tie game or we're down by one or two, you know, late in the fourth quarter because they've been there so many times before. They just have that, that confidence that, yeah, it's fine. We're going to come back or we're going to get that one goal that, that makes a difference. I mean, you know, they they could have easily – lost those games but the kind of the point is that they they haven't so i don't really i i I think they have all the tools that to be able to keep winning you know those close games now you just touched on it before but ben williams has struggled at the x you know specifically against duke and notre dame dominant against cornell winning 19 of 25 face-offs do you feel like he's back to where he should be or was this kind of just a aberration against a lesser opponent uh, you know, I think it was just a game against a lesser opponent. Ben's always done really well against Cornell. I think his the best game in his career uh, might have been last season or, or two ago when he faced off at like 90% against Cornell. Um, but, you know, he's been dealing with an unspecified injury this season. He missed one game, the only loss that SU has. Um, and so he, he kind of he said he tweaked his mechanics a little bit to take pressure off his arm and he you know it, it caused him he he attributed the the poor game against duke which was the worst of his career i think he faced off at 22.2 percent in that one uh he attributed that to kind of changing his mechanics a little bit but desco says he's uh head coach john desco says he's healthy now um you know this cornell game was the first where he kind of looked like the ben of old um but the unc game coming up that'll be big for him to kind of gauge where he's at where you know if he's really past that injury and if he's kind of you know getting his season together late in the year and john we'll get you out of here on this one looking around college lacrosse right now obviously plenty of parity syracuse is atop the rankings right now do you consider them the team to beat right now yeah i consider syracuse the team to beat for a couple of reasons obviously they're the number one ranking and the number one team has lost the last six weeks so They've got the target on their back for that one. And also, because of all the one-goal games, I think people are looking at SU saying they're vulnerable, saying you know maybe they shouldn't be ranked number one because they've been so close to losing a bunch of games. Um, but at the end of the day, you look at other teams like Hofstra is undefeated, but you know, they haven't played as many tough opponents. So at this point, I think Syracuse is the team to beat right now. John, thank you so much for coming on the program. Again, John Metis from Syracuse.com. Great job today. We'll speak with you soon. Thanks for having me. Awesome stuff from Syracuse.com's John Metis. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Tyler Linen is officially gone. He hired an agent and had an autograph session last week. Was this a good decision on Linen's part to leave Syracuse? Well, I think, Wes, there's a couple of million reasons why it was a good uh, decision for Tyler Lydon at this point, certainly for him and his family. And that's when you look at the NBA draft salary structure, even for picks late in the first round. Had to grab the money. The money's on the table. And after two years of playing collegiately and demonstrating his skills in front of the scouts who have seen numerous Syracuse games over the course of that time, it's the right move. The money's there, just like it was there for Jeremy Grant when he was a 
second-round pick of the Philadelphia 76ers a couple of years back. I think it's the right move. The money's on the table. You never know what's going to happen in the future collegiately. So grab the money while you can and start the process of beginning your pro career. Now let's talk about the team he leaves behind. Syracuse is going to return Tyus Battle and Torian Thompson. The two of them will form a potent one-two punch next season, but it hardly seems like the roster for the 2017-18 team is set right now. Well, you look at the five, West, as you mentioned, with Thompson and Battle and then Frank Howard, uh, Matthew Moyer after his redshirt freshman year and Pascal Chuck Wu. So those are the base five, three recruits so far. So Syracuse has got to add at least two players, and preferably they would be in the backcourt. Let's face it, you don't win in the NCAA tournament without a great point guard and without great guard play. So Syracuse needs to stock the backcourt, and there's no doubt in my mind you're going to see even a surprise or two with a named player or somebody that most Syracuse fans might not have thought would be in the picture from a recruitment standpoint or a grad transfer standpoint. There's no doubt you're going to see at least two more new faces for Syracuse basketball before this recruitment process is done this spring and early summer. Let's talk about another new slash old face, Syracuse announcing that Alan Griffin, former Syracuse great, will join the Syracuse coaching staff replacing the outgoing Mike Hopkins. Do you like that move, Brad? I do like the move, Wes, because number one, of course, he's a former Orange player and assistant coach. So from that standpoint, a proven commodity and the comfort level for Jim Beheim, that's the most important thing at this point in organizing the structure of his staff as he's now, of course, in the twilight of his career with the major change with Mike Hopkins' departure. And at the same time, I like the move because he's still going to bring a fresh and outside perspective to the program. Don't forget, he was on the other side of the fence when Dayton beat Syracuse in the 2014 NCAA tournament. So like other Syracuse assistant coaches who left Jim Beheim and coached other programs. He's been on the other side. He's, he's defeated a Syracuse team. So I really like it from that perspective, being overly familiar with the program, but at the same time, having been on the other side and actually defeated the Orangemen in, in a big postseason game. Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. I know you were talking plenty of lacrosse with John earlier, and I'm really uh, excited about where the Syracuse lacrosse team is, Wes, at this point in the season, heading into a big uh, ACC game in North Carolina on Saturday afternoon. But all the pieces are falling into place. Great tight defense, good goalie play from a senior, senior veteran player. And, boy, when you talk about offensive weapons, very few teams in the country can match Syracuse. And when you look across the landscape of Division One lacrosse, the title's up for the up for grabs. So I really like Syracuse's place as they go into the ACC tournament in a couple of weeks and really how everything is settling uh, for this year's lacrosse team. Lacrosse team really does have that special feeling about it this year. And, Brad, my closing thoughts are on Carmelo Anthony, who did not play the Knicks regular season finale against the 76ers on Wednesday. Anthony may have played his last season in New York, and I hope he can go to a contender and chase that elusive NBA championship because it's definitely not happening with I the Knicks. I really would like to see him be West, one of those rare players to win Olympic gold, NCAA title, and an NBA championship. That would be awesome for Carmelo to end his professional career. What a trifecta that would be. That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that I was eating the cereal and I had all these questions and comments. Luckily, there was a number on the box. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. 
This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.